Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. All right, folks, here we go again. This is Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT. ACT, bring it up every single time. Act, got to act. ACT. Action is part of what leadership is. It is not only what they do, it's what it is that they have to show and what their strategic plans are and what they've accomplished, but it's also it is who they are. They are people of action. And in that action, what we do is we create a better culture for everyone, not just for some, but for everyone. And so what we're going to talk today is about something that's uh, really quite interesting and difficult at the same time to discuss because it is so different and different and uh, on and on and on. It's going to be, okay, let's just get to it, right? I'm here with my partner, Rich Barron. Hi, Rich. How's it going tonight? Good. Good. How are you doing, Mike? Mike Bailey? We're going to be talking about critical thinking. Critical thinking is uh, is truly one of those things that uh, the Zen Buddhists talk about, the ability to walk the razor's edge, to walk that thin line, to walk, walk the tightrope and not fall one way or the other. And uh, what is that? What is that exactly? And what is it that we can fall into, either right or left or, you know, side by side in terms of getting ourselves caught up in what is not critical thinking when we think that it actually is? So, Rich, critical thinking, give us our original critical thinking thoughts about critical thinking. <laughs> the original critical thinking thoughts about critical thinking. You know, I think what we're going to talk about tonight is the, using critical thinking to really dive into all the advice that you get on leadership development. Is that, is that right? Yeah, keep rolling. Let's okay. So here's what we're talking about. There is absolutely no shortage of articles, books, blogs out there on everything about leadership development, organizational development, and how do you determine the 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 good information, the information that's really going to take you down the right path versus someone just trying to become an author or someone just trying to get get something published out there or trying to fill uh, you know space on 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 the paper. And recently, we came across one, Michael, and this is in a very well known well-known publication and i'm i'm not going to mention the name of the publication oh i would but don't i'm not going to ask you to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah well okay oh that's okay it's okay yeah <laughs> we I, I don't want to go down that road just right now because it's and and it was i'll, I'll tell you what it was a letdown yeah 
because the talk was about transforming your organization, really how to transform your organization. And it started off really well, but as it got into there this further and further, it really talked about in order to transform your organization, you need to, you need to put more and more levels or positions at the C level. You need to really create all these different C level positions and underneath them, different organizations within your organization, if you will. And then it went on to say, as you're doing this, to ignore the noise from the bottom. Ignore the noise that you're getting from the bottom. Now, what would the bottom be? And how, what, what are you referring to as the bottom? Well, is, is the bottom the newest hire in your organization? Is the bottom um, entry-level employees? Is So what is the bottom and why you have to become so top-heavy in a world that is absolutely needing the ability for organizations to pivot, to be able to change, to be light, to be, be, be able to move quickly. So instead, so there was a really, you know, the more you read into this, the more you, you thought, now, wait a minute, this is completely counter from what they had said, published in previous publications. The same publication, different article articles talked completely 180 from what this one said. They were blowing enough smoke up anybody's dress to set a whole truckload of dresses on fire. I'm telling you, that's how bad this was. It was just like all smoke, all smoke. And it was so filled with nonsensical delusion and, and just absurdities that to read it was to, to realize that this was just a complete farce. It was complete misdirection. Because everything that they were saying, first they start out with this idealistic, this is our idealistic you know, uh, view, vision of what, what the future needs to be in teams of your in terms of your leadership. It was very idealistic. It was and it was off the charts. It was delusional, is what it really was. And then as you get into it, they really deliver this chop, cry chop, you might say, to the throat to all the leaders out there. And of course, you can never be all that. This is what it has to be, but you can't ever become that. So they're you're taking on a, on a narrow, air, you know, a balloon ride here, and and then they 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 cut the cords off. Now you're falling, and they're saying, but you got to do it anyway. And this is why they bring on this idea of bringing in all these additional people into the C level and upper management level. And it was just a sheer absolute farce. It was in, it was in itself a form of exclusivity for leadership that then disconnects them from the rest of the organization. And what is the bottom? Don't listen to the bottom. Two things, two things. Don't pay any attention to the relationships in your organization. And secondly, yeah. Don't really work with the people to create a, a, a sense of team. We're not here to create teams. What we're really here to do is get people to do what we tell them to do because we've got all these experts. And because we have all these experts, we are by, we, that just shows how good we are. We're, we're bringing on all these people that really shouldn't be there, but they got the, the cred, you might say, in terms of uh, just showing up these figureheads. Um, because we're, we're good people and you can't challenge us. And if you do challenge us, we're going to shame you and virtue all signal all over the place. 
And right. herein lies the here's lies the the real fault in their thinking. Critical thinking is about seeing things as they are. It's about evaluating things honestly, fairly. It's learning how to get past your own biases and prejudices, your your own internal influences that go this way or get that way. Seeing things as they really are, the same, and that and that that's hard stuff. That's hard work to think that clearly, to think that cleanly. The other part of that is to get out of your self delusion, sense of a sense of grandeur, you know, self aggrandizement kind of stuff, and so that you're not building yourself up to be more than you really are, and that's hard. So you got on one hand, you don't want to say anything that's going to upset people. You know, people pleasing behavior starts getting into this whole thing perfectionism starts getting into it certainly and then elitism starts appealing to it and if you take a look at that rich if you cannot think critically clearly how in the world are you going to effectively manage your teams particularly the relationships this is the best person that would be in this role this is the best person we could give to this assignment to see clearly and precisely as, as possible the right placement of your team and if you can't do that, then how are you going to bring the team together so the team can work effectively, you know, interacting with each other, supporting each other, you know, complementing each other, you know, collaborating with each other. If you don't have that ability to see that, you're screwed. There's no other way to talk yeah, about no, it. Yeah. As absolutely. a leader, you are screwed. And so they're just doing this weird trip about that's it, it's like this is everything, everything they say, do the exact opposite. And then that might put you on the right road to critical thinking, good team management, relationship management, bringing the team together to get the job done. Well, have you ever seen in an SUV or a truck or something like that? It's got up there on the dashboard. It shows this this vehicle tipping over. You know, be careful because it's a this it's a top heavy vehicle, right? Yeah. So it has more of a tendency if it's going to tip over. You try to, you know, change too quickly, it's going to tip over. The same thing, I think they should make one of these for some of these organizations who think they need to build up the, the whole upper level, get so top heavy that you can't change. You can't move. And you can't pivot or you're going to topple over. And really that's, you know, if you don't have that foundation we talked about, that good will base, if you will, that wide will base, that wide foundation that you get by including all of your employees across the board. You're going to be too top heavy. But, you know, back to this critical thinking, you know, there's so many people that we hear of that it's on TV. It must be true. Well, the fake news said it, so it must be true. You know, or I heard this on the radio, so it must be true. You know, what happened with Orson Welles and the, the whole thing back in the 30s or 40s, whenever that whole thing was, the Mars, you know, the Martians landed and people went crazy. And, you know, it was so realistic that everybody heard it because it was on the radio. So it must be true. Well, the same thing goes for this. You know, if it's in an article, if it's in a book, it must be true. That how many figureheads that do we have in government today? I mean, how many figureheads do we have in government today? There are people who have major positions at federal levels that have not even been showing up to work. No. They're just figureheads. They have the right yeah. profile. They have the right resume. They have the, but they're not doing really what it is that they're set there to do. They're just figureheads. And 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 how, explain to me, Rich, if you would please, if you fill your organization at those top levels with people that have 
you know, the, the right credentials, the right resume, but don't really fit into the organization. How do you, how can you possibly be number one, a transparent organization? How can you be authentic? How can you actually reach out and work with other people if you're creating this kind of protective class here in your organization? How then do you create an, uh, an organization that is altruistic? How in the world can you even begin to have real courage in leading your organization, everyone in your organization, to bigger and better wins and successes so that everybody is, everybody, the whole, you know, the tide rises, all the boats rise with it. How do you do that? Because I don't know how that's even done. I think it starts with vulnerability. Being vulnerable, being open, being humble, and and open your, yourself up to advice from those around you. You know, if, if you're if you're simply going along and I'm a leader, I got the title, and I'm not taking the advice from all these people that I've brought around me. Those beneath you. Yes, those even though yeah, anybody. You can't take the advice from those around you and and actually see, yeah, you know, they're right. That, you know, that was some good advice and they're right. And I really need to take a look at that. Yeah. You're not going to become transparent. You're not going to build those good relationships, that altruism. You know, go forth. Go forth and build these awesome relationships with your people. Get to know who they are. First name basis. First name basis and and listen to what they're telling you. Don't just hear them. Listen. Listen to what they're saying. Include them in these conversations and then act on that if it's the right thing to do. And that only makes sense if you're, again, if you're involved in critical thinking, you want to gather as much information as you possibly can. Well, that's what that's what critical thinking is. You you gather as much information as you can about these these topics where you have the ability to make logical, educated decisions. Now, that doesn't mean getting bogged down by too much data or getting lost in the mix where you're continually saying, well, I'm going to, this didn't, this didn't really sound like something I believe in. So I'm going to come over here and I'm going to look at this. You know, you have to take all the things. You talked earlier about this, Michael, about being the arbitrator. The arbitrator that and that really has the ability to look at both sides and make a make a solid decision based on the information you have, not just a self assumption. And that's where. So where do you go as you really develop critical thinking and teams? How where, how does that really really work? I think there's a couple of things you've got to be able to say. Here's the information that I have. This is the direction I want to go. Let's create some plans. Let's create checklists. This is how we want to run that to see how it works. Then actually run the drills, actually do the checklists and see how they work. Get everybody's feedback on, is this working? Is this the right order? If we left something out, do we need to put something in? It's that process of really taking a look at how that pathway to get something produced, something, you know, a new service now put forth. Now actually then delivering, fulfilling on that service. Is that the correct checklist to do and and in that process getting everybody's involved in the discussion there is also then the opportunity to say what does my intuition tell me also there may be something that's beyond just the thinking about it, just the observing of it 
and bringing in that other level of creativity, that other level of insight and introducing that as well and seeing how that works with the team, see how that works with the checklist. Now, see, now we've got both sides going. We got the we got the rational mind thinking in a sequential manner after evaluation, but we also have the emotional mind going on, seeing how is this working intuitively? How is it working for the team themselves, the team members? Are they getting closer together? Are they working tighter? Are they solving problems on the run? Are you giving them that power to make decisions as yeah. they roll this thing out or as they deliver this? Are you giving them that room? So it's not too tight, but it gives them some room to deal with the individual situations. And that's hard stuff that you just can't show up and you know to your parking place and say, well, this is what it's going to be. It's completely the opposite of that. It's leaders that are willing to get in there and get their hands dirty, ask the difficult questions, ask the uncomfortable questions, not only about the team and the processes, but even, as you're saying, about themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, part of this, too, is if, if you're working together, I mean, there's power in numbers, right? There's the teamwork that you're talking about is, is these teams that develop a synergy that have worked together for a while, that have formed, you know, this solid bond and understand that it's about consensus. We're going to look at this as a whole. We're going to come to consensus on, on this information and we're going to, we're going to work forward and implement that. Um, and having a group of people that are critical thinkers that have the ability to, to look at the whole big picture. I, I think like, that's important as well. I like that a group of critical thinkers. Yes. That's really excellent. How often have there been those people we've worked with, either working for them or working in an organization where they just kind of want to tend to isolate themselves? And it's a sad thing to do that because what they actually end up doing is they, I've seen it happen. You know, and you probably have too. I've seen it happen a number of times. They isolate themselves so much. They actually, in that process of isolation, that is the guarantee that they will, you know, self-destruct is what happens over time. All right. What can we tell people to do? How can we help them? Here's what you've got to do to develop and keep sharpening that saw. And I think it is one of the probably critical skills that you've got to every day, keep sharpening the saw of your ability to think critically. What would you suggest? You know, I would take, you know, business is changing. Worldwide, business is changing. The, the, the businesses going forward are going to be the ones that really need to be able to pivot, to change. If you're, if you're out there and you understand that the bill, what needs to be done in business today, look at these articles, read these books and base them on what you see is, is needed in business going forward. Now there's a lot of this stuff out there that just like what we talked about, that is absolute hogwash. So it'll send you down the wrong path. And if you read enough of this, if you study enough, you're going to get to learn, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's not so good. The other part of this is to get a coach. Someone that's versed in this, someone that works in this every day, someone that's immersed in this, that can help you understand the direction you really need to go. Do you think when somebody looks at and on their own, maybe even develop their own assessment, uh, they attempt to do an assessment on their culture? 
Do you think that that's going to be a difficult thing for them to really look at and measure accurately, critically, so that they really have the data so that they can then make different decisions, better decisions? Can they do that by themselves? I think one of the biggest mistakes organizations make is to do an in-house or do their own cultural assessment. The reason for this is because there you can get these in a box. You can just buy the assessment or whatever or develop your own assessment or look at examples, you know, what other people have done and develop your own assessment. But here's the thing. If you're entire executive team is not prepared beforehand for what could potentially be the results of this assessment. And you send that out there to your employees, your company, and now you've given them a voice. Tell us what you think. Now it comes back and you see this and it's not what you wanted to hear. So you bury it. It's easy to do. You bury it and you don't act on it because there's no reason for you to act on it because it wasn't information you wanted to hear. Well, what if it was? Maybe you are the CEO and you said, yeah, this is exactly what we need to hear. And then your executive team, there's enough on your executive team that they set their hair on fire. Yeah. They're the ones who are pushing back. They're the ones who don't want this to let out. It can work that way. It can work. Absolutely can work that way. But if you have someone who is trained, to do these assessments that comes in and prepares you and then gets the results and sits down with you and says, here's the results and your team and your team. This is what has come back. This is what we recommend doing and making sure that that information is disseminated out there. Uh, You know, you don't have to go out and post, you know, the results of the assessment so much as you do have to act on what came back. Everybody out there knows what came back. They knows what came back to you because they wrote it to you. They gave you the information. The important part is you said, we're going to do this assessment and then we want to make some adjustments in the, in the company to fix the problems. If you don't, you've given your company a voice. You've given your employees a voice and you did nothing. That's worse than ever having done the assessment in the first place. It's kind of like asking your wife why she's upset. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. she tells you, I want you to stop doing this. I want you to do more of that. You go, okay, sure. Yeah. And then you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're busy. Maybe you forget. Maybe you think, well, oh, no, what you got to say? She's just being silly or whatever it is. Boy, that's going to cause more turmoil than if you just let it alone. Yeah. That's the truth. I mean, that's just human beings. That's not just wives or husbands. That's just human beings. You said you wanted my input. I gave it to you. And now you're, nah, not so good. Yeah. So be smart. Be smart. Be smart. Be be smart about that. And have somebody who can help you with these assessments, has the ability to help you through this. Don't do it on your own. Yeah. That's really don't do it on your own because you you need to not be an active part in that, honestly. You need to be someone that's going to get the information given to you and understand that you need to act on it. Yeah, and sometimes it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, understanding how organizations work and how people work. 
we can say, oh, this is the thing over here where the person who's really been through this goes, yeah, that's, here's what that is. That's a symptom. But here's the real problem. The real problem is over here. Yeah. That's what we want to address because if we fix this, this symptom's going to wait. But if you focus on the symptom, it's one of those Covey things. You know, if you, you know, always quoting Thoreau for every person that, for every 10 people or 100 people that are, you know, whacking away at the branches and the leaves, there's only one person who's really getting to the root of the problem. You know, you need somebody who's got those kind of experiences and those kind of eyes that can, like, let's go, here's the root, the root problem right here. So if they want to have that conversation with us, if they have that, they have that willingness to say, let me find out what's really going on here, doggone it, because I'm not doing it. And the same problems keep persisting. It's time to put them to an end. Let's get it figured out. How do they get a hold of us? Well, how do they get a hold of us? It's pretty simple. Executive Leaders Act ilec.com. That's it's a pretty simple thing to remember. If you're an executive leader, you need to act and come to ILEC and we're going to help you. The thing is, is we've got the skills, we've got the talents, we've got the tools, we've got those things that can help you. And we would love to sit down and have a conversation and help you, you know, down that right path. Um, you know, I've got to do a shout out to uh, Michael. We have listeners in Iceland. 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 I didn't know that. Iceland. Yeah. So, so I wanted to give a shout out to those those folks in Iceland, and also to our good friend Tim Roper, who was sworn in a Clearfield City Council again recently, and a good friend. And just congratulations to him as well. Congratulations, Tim. Well done. All righty. Um, anything else you want to add? No, let's uh, let's remember a great man, Martin Luther King Jr. He was a great man. He he changed the lives of millions and millions of people. And uh, just in terms of that critical thinking, let's be uh, let's be honest and true for what that man stood forth and said. Difficult, difficult days, very difficult times. He had a man of great bravery and a great courage that he was willing to take that stand and work things through and and help a lot of people, not just just not you know the African American people, but in all honesty, he helped everybody in this country and throughout the world just by saying the truth, you yes. know, putting forth true principles, correct principles of how we should treat each other, how we should respect and honor each other. Let's remember him. He was a, a great man in many many ways. All righty, excellent. Thank you everybody. Have a great night, and we will see you again next time. All the best, everybody. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.